Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello there, friends. So today we're talking to my friend Spencer Lane. I'm super excited about this. She is a hairstylist in South Carolina, and her story is definitely one that will inspire you to take care of yourself and take care of your health especially as a stylist who is standing all day long and giving ourselves to other people for multiple hours um, of our day. So please enjoy and don't forget if you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a review or share it with your friends on all your social medias, whatever you call those things. I'm getting old. Anyway, enjoy. Hello, Spencer Lane. Hi, Misty. How are you today? I'm so good today. I'm so happy to talk to you. I'm super excited to talk to you. So let's start by telling the people, as my five-year-old would say, the town, <laughs> telling, telling the whole town uh, who you are and uh, what you do. Um, so my name is Spencer Lane, and I have been a hairdresser behind the chair for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years coming up in a couple months, actually. And I'm down in Charleston and with my fiance and my stepson, and I still work full time behind the chair. How many days are you working now currently? Four days a week. Okay. Have you worked more yeah. than that in the past? Yeah. that a little bit. I loved the grind for a long time and it caught up with me. Yeah. Yeah, you have had um, some health issues that you have learned about recently. So tell me about that. Mm-hmm. So in January of this year, I was um, diagnosed with uh, Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. And it's a really interesting uh, autoimmune disease. It's a thyroid disease, which I don't know if you know, like your thyroid affects every single function in your body, um, your metabolism, your weight, your brain, like it, it affects everything and it's a totally relative disease. So like for some people, it's like not that big of a deal for me, it was crippling and I suffered with it for two and a half years before I got a diagnosis. Did you have and, any um, idea that anything was wrong or did you just think? 
So long, long story short, two and a half years ago, I went to a doctor and I told her that I didn't know if I was tired because I was depressed or if I was depressed because I was tired. And I think that she thought I was looking for something. And to be fair, maybe I was. Um, but like something like a diagnosis or something like you wanted pills? <laughs> you know, and we can get in to the Adderall thing if we right. want to. Um, <laughs> we can get into whatever thing. you want. <laughs> well, because like that's that's a thing in this industry is like take an Adderall, bust through your day, work for 12 hours, you'll be fine. And right. don't drink water, you know? Right. And that's what I did for a really long time. And so I went to this doctor and I was like, I can't get out of bed most days. And um, she didn't run any blood work on me. She gave me an antidepressant and sent me on my way. And that antidepressant made me so violently ill <laughs> for like a month. And so I just stopped taking it. I was like, this is stupid. I must, I'm, I'm not depressed. I know I'm not depressed. And so over the next two and a half years, I really continued to deteriorate. And um, my hair was falling out. All of a sudden, I had like really bad adult acne which is a symptom. Um, I couldn't remember my own name some days. I couldn't finish my sentences. And every day I would get home from work and I would just lay in bed and I couldn't move. I couldn't talk to people. I, I couldn't function. And so by the time I finally got to a doctor who realized that like, you're 28 years old, this isn't normal. I thought, this is it. I'm not going to live to see 30. You know, I, I knew in my heart and in my gut something was wrong, but I felt like no one believed me. Right. How was it affecting your work? And were you talking to your clients about it? So I, I remember the first year of my career, um, my first boss ever told me that never tell your clients that you're not busy, right? And oh, like fake, like fake the, yeah. fake the hustle. Essentially. Yeah. 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 Like make it seem like you're so desired and so busy when really just like, okay, like who cares? You know? Right. Right. Um, and so I had worked so hard for the first six or seven years of my career. And I built this big, beautiful business that like was growing out of control and I just hit the wall. I couldn't work anymore. I was, you know, I was nauseous all day long too. Like this is, it's a disease that affects like your stomach and your, you know, just your entire sense of being. So I was Did you constantly think you were long. pregnant? I feel like I would have just been like, am I pregnant? I, so it's really <laughs> funny. Right before I got diagnosed, John and I went to Atlanta and which is like six or eight hours from here. And one night I, that we were there, I couldn't get out of the bed at the hotel room. And I go, John, I think I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, but like, you know, so I mean, throughout that whole time, I probably took like 30 pregnancy tests. Right. Because <laughs> um, hey, I was all, just. We've all been there. <laughs> well, I, and that's basically what the symptoms are. It was like those first like six weeks of you being pregnant, it just never ends. Right. You know? Yeah. So what? Um, I mean, I would not. I've never the, been pregnant. What but. made you go to the doctor again? So it's funny. Um, I hurt my shoulder back in November, and come to find out, it has something to do with my thyroid. I finally got a diagnosis on that. 
So I thought that I like pulled a muscle in my shoulder or like tore my rotator cuff or something, but I didn't have an injury that I could like recall. And so I have a client who's been a nurse for like 30 years. Like she's, she teaches at the uh, teaching hospital down here and um, she's a good friend of mine. And she was so mad at me. She was like, Spencer, you can't move your shoulder. You have to go see a doctor. And there's like, there's something wrong with you. And so she sat there with me and forced me to call the hospital. And like, um, she recommended a primary care doctor to me. And I like, she mommed me and she made me make a doctor's appointment and like, like right in front of her and her appointment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She had like color on her hair and everything. That's and awesome. you know, she's one of those four week like root retouches that like you just, you will just always do her hair. Yeah. You know, you just love her. Yeah. Yeah, I call like I just Dana's because mine is a her name is Dana. <laughs> Mine's name is Donna. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah, she um like she's one of the, she's one of my clients that's like invited to my wedding. Right. You know, right? Um, so she well, texted me the day of my appointment. I feel that way. Yeah, and she texted me the day of my appointment to make sure that I was going to go mm-hmm. and let me you know let her know how it went and, and I went. And I, I'm sitting there and I'm, I had thought about it like leading up to the appointment and I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try again. I'm going to tell this doctor about all of my symptoms and about like the exhaustion and like I had the shakes by this point, like I couldn't even hold my hand steady and um, all of these symptoms. And he goes, yeah, like there's something not right. Like you're 28 years old. You shouldn't feel this way. Two days later, got my lab work back, and he was like, yeah, you're severely hypothyroid. And he was like, it looks like you have Hashimoto's, which means that my body is attacking itself. And I had told him during my appointment that I couldn't even drive, that I had such severe anxiety about driving because I couldn't remember driving. Right. Like, you know the joke about how you get all the way home and you're like, how did I get here? Yeah. Like Like when you're overly tired. Yeah. Yeah. It was like being drunk. Right. All the time. And um, he was on the phone with me and he goes, Spencer, I'm looking at your blood work and no wonder you have anxiety about driving. He was like, you could pass out and hit your head at any time. And he was like, you have no hormones in your body whatsoever. Right. Um, So I texted my client and I told her what happened and I ended up seeing her a few days later and she looks at me and she goes, God, I knew you looked like shit. I knew there was something wrong. (laughs) And I was like, thanks, man. Like, appreciate that. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, you could see it all over my face. My face was so swollen. It's called, uh, it's called hypothyroid face. And it's just red and swollen. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, and I can spot hypothyroid women from a mile away now. Really? You, You it all over you. Yeah. So what do you have like, to do now to feel better? Like what is your, is there medication? Is it like listening to your body? Like what exactly, what does your self-care for your health look like right now? So it's a lot of different things. Yes. I, I take a hormone supplement every day not a supplement, a prescription every day. And, um, which helped a lot, but it didn't help enough. Like I was still symptomatic ish. I still had problems with brain fog. I still had problems with like being abnormally tired, not as exhausted as I was. Like I felt better. Um, but a couple of months back, I switched some stuff up and like started taking my medication at night. Um, 
I was able to finally start exercising again, which is huge, like huge. If you had told me a year and a half ago that I would be working out for 30 minutes every single day, I would have been like, (laughs) no, I'm going to bed. I know a lot of people that say that and they don't have health issues. So <laughs> I, I couldn't even fathom it. Like walking around the block hurt. Right. Oh, that and like the arthritic type inflammation in your joints. Right. Like that, that'll kill you. Well, and so, add, you know, doing hair, which hurts anyway. <laughs> and I cannot believe I made it two years on my feet every day for 12 hours a day pushing through like that. I think back on that and I like get emotional about it because I should have known, you know, or someone should have said something like I was not okay. And I, in between clients, I remember like laying down in my shampoo bowl and thinking I could fall asleep right now and not wake up. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because I mean, we all know the hustle that we are, I don't know. They didn't teach us in hair school, but for some reason, as the people pleasers that hairstylists are, um, Mm -hmm. we just think that we have to push through not feeling good or have to push through. I mean, even days where you're just in a shit mood, you know, I mean, sometimes you just don't want to put a smile on and you just don't want to be there for other people. Um, Mm -hmm. How, how have you changed that behind the chair now? So I took my first mental health day. Yay. And girl, <laughs> I feel so I feel so proud of myself for doing that. And I just really needed it, you know? Like now let me ask I, you, did the entire salon burn down and you got 27 like FUs when you did this? Nope. And exactly. no one keep my car. <laughs> right. Like that's my big fear. And I think that's every hairdresser's like big fear is like someone's gonna come and slash your tires or keep your car when you like cancel them or you're like you can't get them in like or you're gonna go for a drive and they're gonna see you in your car like wait she should be in bed sick like like, I'm still a human being you know like I'm still a person and I think that we just have gotten ourselves so worked up that we tell each other we tell ourselves these stories like these imaginary stories of what could possibly happen and then it never happens right and like that's anxiety Yeah. And we, every hairdresser has that anxiety, but I do think it's starting to get a little bit better. Um, I think it's funny though, that you mentioned like we weren't taught in beauty school how to hustle. Like I was really, and Oh, every teacher that I had made jokes about like, yeah, good luck. I haven't taken a lunch break in 15 years. Mm. That's not funny. I feel like so many people normalize it and I, I, I want that to change. I don't think that's normal. I don't think pounding four cups of coffee, right. Pounding four cups of coffee and like not eating during the day and just, you know, taking enough Adderall to like give you heart failure isn't normal. And that is such a normalized thing in this industry. Like we make jokes about, you know, the drinking in this industry. Like how many times have you seen the the 10 year old meme about like the flask in the hairbrush. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're known, we're known as party animal, you know, do what we want. We just play with hair all day. We don't know anything about Mm -hmm. anything and it's frustrating. I think it's expected of us that like you, you know, especially like at a show, like you go down to the bar and you network, you know, and you end up, 
drinking well, those all are night. Those are different. <laughs> those are like, uh, sure, that's fine. But right. like, I do think it's, it's very normalized for people, for hairdressers to, you know, take enough stimulants every day to like get through the day. And like, Misty, I have to tell you what I was on every day. Oh, please <laughs> like, do. <laughs> my whole day. Okay. Uh-oh. So I'd start the morning with a venti iced coffee, okay. right? Um, with like nothing in it. It was just cold brew. And then I would take a five-hour energy shot. And then I would drink a sugar-free Red Bull. And then I would start my morning with a 20 milligram Adderall. Oh my God. I would die. Yeah. It was just to stay awake. Just to stay awake. Now let me ask you, did you have high anxiety? Like, Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like a symptom of my disease, but like it definitely didn't help that I was doing all of that. I was going to say it probably intensified it. I can do two cups of coffee before noon or I'm literally cutting hair with my hands are shaking so bad. I can't drink coffee past noon now. Like now that I'm in a good energy place, like I, it's one cup of coffee, maybe two if I'm, if I'm just like, I need a hug. If you're feeling frisky. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Like coffee is just like a a nice hug, but like I don't do Red Bull anymore. Um, I I don't take stimulants. (sighs) I just like it tastes like trash. I can't do it. It's just pointless. If I'm, (laughs) you know, like, like bean water isn't that good to begin with. You might as well, you might as well exactly. caffeinate it. That's how I feel because I keep saying I really don't need this caffeine. Like it doesn't like, but I just can't do de- decaf and I love coffee. <laughs> like I just like my, I like my ritual of coffee. Yeah. I don't even care about coffee that much, but like I like to start my morning and like yes. get my, my iced coffee and you know, it's just a ritual that I enjoy. Yep. I agree 100%. Um, but so, yeah, I just think it's so normal to like have hairdressers take all these stimulants all the time. Yeah, right. You know, like well, that's it's expected. Long, it's long days. It's long days of, of standing and, and moving and, and being happy. We have to be happy. Like nobody wants like the hairdresser who's like, oh, my back hurts. I'm so tired. Nobody wants that. We have to my fake it. Hurt. Yeah. Like nobody wants to hear that. So yeah. The, and you have to look cute doing it. Exactly. Well, we have to, the I feel like COVID changed that. I know once we had to start oh, wearing yeah. the masks, like my hair went up, the makeup was gone, the sneakers were on, yeah. like, and I'm I've I'm worn actually, nothing but oversized t-shirts and bike shorts for yeah. the last six weeks. And you know what's funny? So. Nobody cares. Like clients don't no. care. As long as we're the same no. people showing up, making them feel a certain way and making them look pretty, they're happy. So why do we mm-hmm. put that pressure on ourselves, I wonder? Like we're just supposed think, to be those trendy hairstylists? I think it's because we have nowhere to discharge our own energy. Like they come in and they plug into us and they leave and they feel so much better because they right. like got rid of it, you know? Right. I don't know about you, but I have nowhere to put that. So right. if I internalize it, like I, I can't deal, you know? So I just right. pretend like, okay, I'm the happy, go lucky, cute hairdresser, you know? Well, and I like, think that we should do that. I mean, no, again, nobody wants like a mm-hmm. hairdresser that's like bummed, but I think I know for me, as I've gotten older, figuring out how to like have days where like, I'm not going to think about work or I, mm-hmm. when I was in my suite, I would just sit in there for like a good 20 minutes after everyone left and just sit 
before I came home. Yeah. Maybe I'd scroll Instagram, maybe, you know, whatever, but I would just like decompress a little bit and I needed it. Mm-hmm. Like if I just got up and went home, I would still feel like I'd come home and talk my husband's ear off like a crazy person and, you know, still be on that like work high, not Adderall induced, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, whenever I get home, I immediately go right to my bed bedroom because like that's that's my safe space like I'm an introvert like my bedroom is my sanctuary and John will be like in the kitchen or doing something with Ben and they know just like leave you alone just give me 30 minutes yeah just give me 30 minutes PJs immediately like PJs not immediately (laughs) maybe sometimes it depends on what we have to do that day I feel bad for my husband sometimes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the second that my bra comes off and my contacts come out, like that's it. Yeah. It's over. over. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not going anywhere, you know? Okay. So I want to talk about earlier, um, we were talking about the things that um, we put in our own heads, the stories we tell ourselves, mm-hmm. my Brene Brown line that I love to use. Um, I can think of when you said that, I could think of so many topics off of that just between me and you. So for anyone listening, me and Spencer met kind of briefly at Hair Love Retreat in Utah. I remember this. Yes. And we had a moment and I'm not necessarily going to get into it unless you want to, but um, it, it essentially was had to do with stories that we tell ourselves that aren't actually true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and our particular thing was about like, why would they want to be my friend? Yes. Like, why would they want to come talk to me? People and I didn't realize for yeah. who we are. Right. And I didn't realize at the time that the reason that I didn't have any friends was because I was sick and I couldn't give you, give any friends any energy. I had right. none to give. Right. So I remember just sitting there and I would like cry to John and be like, John, I don't have any friends. And I didn't. Right. Yeah. And then when you looked at me and you were like, oh, I know. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. And you, you know, we feel rejected by this right. story, this, this conspiracy theory that we made up about ourselves. And like, how do you come back from that? You know? Right. I think I know for me, like accepting who I was, because how can I expect other people to accept me? You know, that, well, they're not going to like me. They're, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then once I was like, wait a minute, do I even know who I am? Do I even like me? And then once I realized like, holy shit, like I'm okay, I can be myself and people respond to it. It was like a game changer. But on the other side mm-hmm. of it, it's also like not caring what people think at the same time. So it's like an interesting, right. a strange balance of like, well, I want people to like me, but I only want the people that I like to like me. <laughs> And they will. That's right. the thing. Once like, you put yourself I, out there, you're good. You know? I remember I was in a class one day and the educator was talking about Instagram live. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm just afraid to do an Instagram live because like, what if it's stupid? And she goes, then no one's going to watch it. What right. are you so worried about? Like, if no one watches it, it's not stupid. Yeah. I, <laughs> and somebody so, told me once that if you post something online, especially like in your stories, like people forget about it so quickly. But again, mm-hmm. like we tell ourselves that, well, somebody saw this and they're going to think about this for the rest of their lives. We are not, people don't love us that much. People are You're not, not that important. <laughs> people are not sitting at home thinking about something that we posted 
two fucking weeks ago on our stories. They don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm still thinking about the embarrassing thing I did in like the fifth grade, but. Well, that you did, but not the embarrassing (laughs) thing the person next to you did. I bet you don't even remember her name. (laughs) No, I don't. But but yeah, I know you're right. It goes back to like, it's just lies that we tell ourselves to, to give ourselves anxiety. It's almost like we want to punish ourselves. Right. You know? And so when I finally got to that place of just like, this is a story, this is made up, like no one, and, and more importantly, asking who is benefiting from me feeling this way, you know, who's benefiting from me staying inside this little box that I have deemed myself worthy of. And once you start asking that, you realize how stupid it is. Right. And illogical, you know? So you're making a big change right now in your business. Let's talk about that. Oh, so, (laughs) (laughs) um, so before I found out that I was sick, I basically tanked my business and I don't mean like tanked it, but like I wasn't doing what I was doing. And I, where did you start? Like when I met you, so I started, I started in a single. Okay. Um, I started in a single suite. I left my commission salon and then I sized up into a double and I hired my, an assistant. And like right when I hired my assistant, that's when it really just took a nosedive. Like my health did. And thank God for her. (laughs) Seriously. Thank God for her. I still love her and we still chat and I just, she's great. But, um, and then around, Maybe like right before I got diagnosed, um, I sized back down from a double into a single and, you know, and left my assistant and, um, I, I bawled. I just said that I'm a huge failure. I tanked this business. I told everyone that I could do it and I bragged about it and, you know, I need to be humble and I just need to go back and work for someone else. And I moved back into my single and like, turns out I was fine. Well, let me, so you say tanked your business, but was it really more of a burnt out feeling on your part? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, if I got one more text message or email or a new client request, I was going to lose my mind. Well, I thought I'm going to shave my head and go live in the woods. (laughs) Right. Well, you were busy and you had your, you were, you did education right? At that time. Wasn't that around Mm -hmm. the same time? Um, and Mm -hmm. you had your assistant. That's a lot. That right there is three jobs, not including home life and not feeling good on top of it, you know? Yeah. And like John and I renovated our house in that time. It, it was just brutal. It was a brutal time. And so I made this whole story about myself where I said, my clients are going to hate me. They're not going to take me seriously. They're going to think I'm stupid for sizing down or that I'm a failure. Turns out none of them cared right. at all because I'm not that important. Again, as long and, as they feel good and they have pretty hair. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they said. They were like, yeah, you could work in a back alley. Like it's fine. Right. <laughs> exactly. So now what I'm doing, um, I have never wanted to own a salon. I have no desire. I do not have the energy, the stamina or the stomach for it. Um, but once quarantine hit, Um, I got really sad and really lonely. And when I went back to work, I said, I can't work by myself anymore. I'm done. 
So um, I decided to close my suite and I'm going to move into a booth rental scenario with a good friend of mine who's like a ride or die and she's a great mentor, um, super talented hairdresser, and I'm going to booth rent out of her brand new salon. And the salon is gorgeous. The Good Hair Club? Oh my God, it's The Good Hair Club. Yeah, it's called The Good Hair Club, a stylist collective. And like, she's so good with decor. It's ridiculous, but... Um, I joke that like John and I helped her work on it. Like really, we just kind of stood there (laughs) and like told her it was cute. Validated her. Hey, sometimes that's exactly (laughs) her and her and her husband worked very hard on it. And it was a very ballsy move to make during a pandemic. Right. And like in 2020, but she was like, whatever, like now's the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So I did something somewhat similar where I was in a suite and Mm -hmm. then I moved to a booth rental salon. Um, I had never worked in a booth rental salon before and I felt like people would think that I failed. Not one person said that to me. Nobody even hinted at it, (laughs) but in my head, everyone was whispering behind my back that I failed in a suite and which wasn't the case. I just really, I didn't want to do inventory anymore. And I didn't, you know, there, I just wanted something different, which worked out because I downsized and then now I'm not doing hair at all at the moment. But, um, but again, let me ask to the shit in your head. <laughs> let me ask, did you feel so much better after you got rid of all the stuff like furnishing? Your yes suite? and no, I will tell you. And I, so Curate Salon in Virginia Beach, it's also a very beautiful salon. Um, Christina mm-hmm. is amazing. The girls are absolutely amazing. Um, they supported me through me leaving and, you know, they're great. Um, it is different going from your own space to somebody else's space. Um, it's not bad. I did like it. I, I liked the, um, fact that I kind of just felt like I could walk out and not feel like I, I mean, you have to clean your station and stuff, but not like every crevice. Like be respectful. Right. You don't have to like make sure there's coffee because they provide the coffee. I didn't have to do towels anymore, which was like awesome. Um, but it is different, you know? So I don't know in your situation, but I didn't, I thought I wasn't going to care about selling products that I wanted to sell um, because we had to sell their products. And that was difficult for me um, because there was things that I miss and wish I could still sell. And, you know, so I, it was different. It wasn't a bad different. It was just a getting used Mm -hmm. to it different, but it was nice. Um, I've grown a lot with my friend who owns this new salon and I mean I think we've known each other since we were like 21 or 22 and she's already grown one incredibly successful business and like I think the reason that this is going to work out really well and I'm not going to like feel weird about it is because I do I don't know how to describe it like I see her as you trust a leader. Her vision. You trust her vision. I do. Yeah. I implicitly trust her vision because I I, I don't think she's scatterbrained. I, I think she's very well put together and um, I know that she'll provide me the support that I need. I think you'll be good. I mean, I liked, I loved being at Curate. It was just different. It was just something mm-hmm. new, like anything else, you know, where it's just like a, like a little bit of a learning curve. I loved being around the girls in the back room. Like, yeah, that's what I I miss it so much. And I I gotten messages from them since I've been gone, just like, and I miss it already. I might just go sit up there one day. Like, you should. Like, um, like, so what's the hot goss? Right. Because I don't know how your suite is set up, but ours had the tiniest little break room. And like, 
you only would see people if like you just so happen to have a break at the same time. Yeah. So I would spend a lot of times, I would leave my client in my room and I, cause I don't double mm -hmm. book. So during their processing times, I would just go sit in the hallway and like, I would too. It gets I boring. Would like, <laughs> I would like, they have like a smoker's patio out there, but like no one in the building smokes. So I would right. just go sit out there and, um, yeah. And that was another thing. Like I just quit smoking. Yeah. Finally. Good. You know? Thank God. Yay. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I feel so much better, Misty. I bet. I know we had gonna, like, we had joked. You're going to, well, you and I had joked about it for a long time. Everyone that smokes cigarettes that walks by, you're going to be like, Ugh. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> it, it took like, it's been over a year now, like just yeah. over a year. And, um, yeah, it, it's pretty bad. Feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, what was I? Oh, so one thing about the, being in a suite too, and then being back in a salon, um, I, I kind of realized this when I was in the suite, but like, you know, when you do somebody's hair and you are just mm -hmm. want to pat yourself on the back and you like, I wish somebody just saw what I just did and you get nothing like your clients, like, thanks, that's it. And like, you can't like run down like the hall and be like, did y'all see that? Like, you know, you post it on mm -hmm. Instagram for validation and then maybe it doesn't get a lot of likes, whatever. Being it's back in the same. salon, it's not the same. It's so nice to go in the back room and somebody being like, that looks really good. Like, thanks. Thank yeah. you. Or like, <laughs> like, you really killed that. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, I definitely, I think the one thing that I do miss about being in a salon is like, being able to plop a bunch of products at the front desk and being like, this is what you need. Bye. And now, like, they always trusted me every time. Here? Will you be able to do that here? Um, so we don't have any salon like uh, support staff yet. Okay. And we don't know if we're going, if we're going to, right. um, you know, I feel a way about retail now. Okay. So now talk like, to me about you that. Know, are you, are you wanting to go away from retail? Um, I want to go away from carrying retail. I don't think that it is something that is conducive to the more independent market that we're seeing right. um, in the industry right now. I think it's very, very um, financially incapacitating for right. a lot of independent artists. Um, it's great for commission right. salons, like bigger, well, it's just money bigger budget on your salons. Shelf. Mm -hmm. you know? And like, do you remember being in a suite and someone asking you if you, if they could return a product? Um, I've had like twice, maybe. Oop, sorry. Um, yeah, I think but twice. Didn't you want to like die every time? Uh, I mean, because it didn't happen often, it was fine. You know what I mean? But if it was an all the time situation, yeah. I mean, for, it wasn't an all the time thing for me, but I knew who it was going to be like whenever oh, like they left. Time. Right. Yeah. And so when I was in a, my commission salon that I was in for six years, I mean, retail was my thing. Like right. you couldn't beat me. You couldn't even touch me. And, um, like I stopped playing in the competitive games that like reps would have for us. Cause it wasn't fair. Right. And, <laughs> and now I sell, like, I'm like, no, I don't care. Um, but when COVID hit and affiliate marketing came out and I got, I started following, um, my friend Michelle, who is working on like creating an entire course for learning how to affiliate market. Um, it really, I was like, that's it. That's yeah. what I need. And Michelle and I used to message and be like, 
there is no reason why I should be carrying this. Like, right. why, why am I the customer? You know, yeah, I, I didn't want to be the customer. I think it's going to head that way. I think COVID, I know for mm-hmm. me, I paid a lot of attention to companies that um, offered that, that didn't normally mm-hmm. offer it. Um, because I mean, I like having a few products in the salon, but I don't want to handful. Have, yeah. Like I use four things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 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 it's like um, but I like, do like God, having I an just... option of somebody at home. Oh my God, I ran out of something. Let me hop online and get it where mm-hmm. you still get a small commission. Like, so I, I think it's going to lean. I think the future is going to lean that it has to, it has to. It, there's no win. other Right. There's, and there's no other way. And people like me behind the scenes have been asking for this for a long time. And, um, when I started talking to Michelle and she was like, no, this is what I'm like working on. I was like, oh yeah, done. This is where we're headed. And they're not even small commissions. They're like 40%. Right. Awesome. Like that's, what is that now? Is that a class she's doing? Um, so she's, she is, uh, starting a company called Elevated Stylist and she's going to teach people how to affiliate market. I met her in a mastermind group and we followed each other on TikTok during my shortly lived TikTok career (laughs) and which is like a whole other thing. Right. Um, (laughs) oh God, like what a time. And, um, but yeah, we found each other on TikTok, I think, um, from our mastermind group. And when we just started talking about like how we're the customer when it comes to retail and I'm tired of doing that. I don't want to be the customer. I want to help my customers. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so retail is a beautiful thing and carrying retail is a a beautiful thing if it's the right place to do it. And a traditional commission salon is the right place to do it. Right. Yeah. It's hard because I mean, I want my clients to leave with the, with, things that I want them to use essentially. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't like money sitting on the shelf either. <laughs> right. And, and that's the thing is like, I do think that with affiliate marketing and with digital marketing, like I think you're going to be able to provide more educational opportunity there right. to teach people how to actually use these products. Because in my entire career, <laughs> I think, maybe every fifth person I've sold a hairspray to was like, Oh, I don't know how to use this. Oh yeah. I'm like, but I taught you like, right. I, I sat here with you for 20 minutes and taught you how to do it. You know what? Let me just make a video and you can like reference back to it. Right. Exactly. Well, again, you know, with social media, it's so easy to teach your client. Like it's the, the it's the smallest things too that like, I don't think about mm-hmm. like I had a client one time, her hair just, I use all your products. I do all the things and it's just always frizzy. And I, I handed her the blow dryer. I'm like, show me what you do. And she was blowing her blow dryer down the <laughs> shaft of the hair and just making it frizzier. And to me, I was like, oh no, you like you like blow it towards like the end of your, like, you yeah. know, the end of your hair. And it smooths it. And like, it blew her mind. It blew her mind. And it's like, I, it's this educating uh, the clients on the things that we just think, of, don't even think of, you know what I mean? Like it's um, second nature to us. Yeah. Like we think it's common sense, but it's not. Right. Like I have one client that I had to teach her how to curl her hair and I would curl her hair and I would like teach her how to do it. And it looked great and she could do it in my chair and it just looked awesome. And when she would go home, she would message me and say, I tried curling my hair today and it didn't hold. 
And finally I got to the root of the problem and I found out that she, her hair wasn't all the way dry. Oh, it felt dry. Right. Yeah. But it was still, it felt dry, but it was like still cold to the touch. And so I knew it was still wet. And I was like, oh, how do you not know to like use your cool shot and like find out? Do you know? So many of my clients had no idea what that button's for. They don't know. None. They have no (laughs) idea. And I'm just like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like when I was like 19, I would just use that. Like when I was like sweating and blow drying my hair and I'm like, all right, just cool shot. Oh, I mean, I think it took me probably, it took me at least five years to figure out what to do with that, like in the salon. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) genius. But yeah. I, it's amazing that the things that we think are common sense are are not, you know. And I think that's where hairdressers will get trapped in the um, the bubble, yeah, and the vacuum of like we're only hearing this information from each other, and we don't actually relate to people outside of it. Right. Well, we, I know you sense? and I have had a lot of conversations about um, essentially stylists kind of trashing clients, like like. Mm-hmm you know, or not even trashing them. That's, that's a bad way to say it, but like, um, like talking down to a client because Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. sound stupid. Like they come in and they're like, I want an ombre balayage, you know, foliage. And the stylist is like, "Ah, that's not what that is. Like, (laughs) you know, why would they know that? Exactly. And I think it comes like, I don't go, I don't go to my dentist and say like, I want X, Y, and Z. Like, you right. know, or, or like, you know, I, it's just things like that. Like, yeah, I don't Well, it's like our when... job as stylists to educate them, you know, whether it be about styling, mm-hmm. whether it be about, um, color, which I don't believe in over-educating about color either. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. Um, I think that's just a whole lot of science that like the world is just not ready for. Right. I agree. Well, I think, I hear I think a you need a times... strong art I think you need a strong art foundation too to like understand it. So just like giving people these like little tidbits, like, oh, you know, you're, this always happens or, you know, X, Y, and Z, like, right. They definitely are never going to understand it. And we don't want right. them to pretend like they do. Exactly. Exactly. That's why they come to us. Cause mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're the experts. Um, well, Spencer, is there anything else you would like to chat about today? No. Um, I think I, the only thing I want to say, if I could tell any hairstylist that's listening to this, go to the doctor. Yes. Cancel your day. Cancel any appointment that you have to. No one's going to key your car. No one's going <laughs> to slash your tires. The salon no is one's not going to burn mad down. At you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go to the doctor once a year and eat your lunch. Yes. And pee. Yeah. Sit down to pee. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And don't answer emails while you're doing it. Yes. You can scroll. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Just enjoy your pee. (laughs) Well, exactly. As always, I very much enjoyed this conversation. Um, I think it'll help. I appreciate you. Always. Hopefully I will see you um, this coming year, but we'll see how that goes. Uh. I'm just going to drive to Virginia Beach and just come. Please come do. Hang out anytime. Anytime. Um, I have beds. We have room. Just Hotel Harmon. That's my last name, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Spencer, where can people find you? Um, I am at Spencer Lane Artistry on Instagram. 
and you talk about your health and your struggles often. Mm -hmm. So I think that if anyone can relate, you definitely want to give her a follow. Um, and she does really pretty hair. So there's that. Um, thank you. All right, everybody, we're going to close it up. So talk to you next time. Once again, I want to thank Spencer for coming and having a little vulnerable chat with me today. Um, you can find her over to Instagram at Spencer Lane Artistry. If you liked what you heard, please go ahead and leave a review. Um, share this with your friends on Instagram. Don't forget to tag me at hairby underscore Misty Jane. And I will see you on the next one.